Hey there. Hi, guys. Welcome. Episode 5, Keen on Things Podcast. 420, yo. 420. Just past the Ides of April. I was going to call this episode the Ides of April, but last uh, episode was called the um, April Madness, and I didn't want to, you know, ride, you know, on March's back too much there. I didn't want to steal twice. 420, legalize it. It's 420 somewhere. That's the name of this episode. Legalize it. Peter Tosh with the Whalers. Bob Marley. <clears throat> great man, great song. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me. He died on September 11th, 1987, Peter Tosh did. He was shot, murdered in his own home. Home invasion. Don't know what that means. Going to look into it. Um, here we are. Week, who knows what. Week four and a half, five of... Uh, the quarantine, the lockdown, Ides of April. Do you know where the Ides of March comes from? That's from Julius Caesar. Um, yeah, Brutus. It was uh, Julius Caesar. Caesar was coming back into Rome after a battle, and some soothsayer, I think he was blind, some old sage was like, beware the Ides of March. And then the Ides of March hit, I don't know, that week, maybe the next day, and uh, he was killed. Caesar was killed. Knifed down, not gunned down. They didn't have guns just yet. Darn it. Um, but they had knives, uh, and he was slain just like Peter Tosh was so many years ago, years later. Um, by Brutus, by E2 Brute, by Brutus, by Cassius, by the whole clan, except Mark Anthony, his trusted little pal. Um, Brutus thought he was doing right for Rome, so I don't blame him so much as Cassius for stirring up the freaking cage. Uh, Cassius was a sleaze trying to gain power. Leave well enough alone. You know, man, come on. That's right. So it's from Caesar of all the pizza places with the name, with the same name as a Shakespeare play. Little Caesars is probably my favorite. Um, yeah. So we had a big week. Um, John Prine died last week. Brutal COVID-19. Not sure if he was a smoker or had a compromised immune system, but uh, tragedy nonetheless. Obviously, been listening to his music. If someone dies, then we all you know flood to his music, and I've been listening to a ton of it. It's great, so good. Um, I think he's the most famous person to pass from it. I don't know who else <clears throat> has Idris Elba. I think is recovering, as well as the CNN uh, people, Brooke and uh, and Cuomo there. Yeah, John Prine had that song about um, that's the way the world goes round. You're up one day, the next day you're down. It's a half an inch of water. You think you're going to drown, and that's the way that the world goes round. Some woman somewhere once was like, before the show, are you going to play the happy enchilada song, which meant half an inch of water, but he didn't know what she was talking about. I don't know if he'd be flattered or annoyed by that. Oh, I'm drinking water. It's a Monday morning here. Um the music tribute this past weekend was great. Lady Gaga put it on. She hosted really good. Eddie Vedder and Casey Musgraves were my favorite. Just golden, man. Uh, Casey Musgraves was the most recent concert I've been to. That's been like six, seven, eight months now. Last summer. Yeah, I went to the Greek. And she was amazing on a Sunday night. So that was fun. And I love her. And she got some great, uh, very fitting songs. Uh, last week, what happened this past week? Uh, bummed about Bernie and Biden. 
And now there's talk of Cuomo. The Cuomo sexuals are out. Some shenanery. The DNC will probably try to sneak them in. Whatever at this point. Um, I think that's what the system does. You get excited about something, and if the system doesn't like it, they kind of make it go away. Very subtle mafia. Just controlling the narrative. Controlling the hot topics. A light push. I mean, what didn't or doesn't, who knows what's going to happen? Like, who isn't behind Bernie's policies? But people get more worried about, like, well, can he beat Trump? Yes. And don't worry about that. Vote where you believe. That's the problem here. Everyone's overanalyzing. Everyone's a little friggin' analyst. You know? Sleazy little gross people with their little lives. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't even know. <clears throat> I don't know if I even care if Trump is thrown out, regardless of how it's done. You know, if there's some little emergency situation, some stipulation in the Constitution somewhere that can be done, even if it means like Pence takes over or the Cuomo brothers take over uh, or, you know, uh, a mentally declined Biden takes over. That's fine. Okay. It was cute and silly with the reality show star you know, running the country and then until you get hit by a pandemic, right? It's all fun and games. It's enough all around. At times, it doesn't matter who the president is, but it does now. And uh, it's time to end this orange, Agent Orange. And look, people can get rich under socialism. <coughs> Sorry. I don't know where that came from. I lived in Asia for three years. There's rich people in Korea and Japan. There aren't rich people in London. Come on, you just have to be a little more creative. It's literally a true meritocracy where you actually have to be creative and work to make money. But you can do it. You just can't rape, rape the populace's minds and labor like you do here. Anyway, Jesus, I do not want this to turn into um, you know, Karl Marx hour because it's only a half hour. That's the only – I'm only doing this half hour. But the uh, the music tribute was great, man. Watch Inveter. Like he's so pro. You know, he – he didn't even say anything around his musical performance. I'm going to YouTube that again when I get done with this. He just – he he plays, looks in the camera, smiles, and then the camera uh, pans over to uh, a little model of a healthcare worker. These heroes that are, I'm sure, being underpaid as well as the, the food source people working in grocery stores. So, uh, yeah. So I finished um, Stillness is the Key, and I might read it again. I'm not going to lie. I might read it again. It was that good by Ryan holiday. Um, just an unreal read, man. Uh, ironically stillness is what most of my books experience. You guys. Yeah. Thank you. Um, my favorite chapter was about building a routine, having structured your day. I had structure in high school and did great things, you know, grades, football, scholarship, all that. But I don't know if I've had one since. I think I've let myself go too free for the last 30 years. Like too much freedom is in your schedule can be deadly. You know, let the, you let the day dictate everything. No. Okay. And that's part of why I got in the show business. I was like, oh, it seems so lax and fun and a party. What an idiot. I've never had to work harder in my life. There's a saying that you work in life. You work uh, 80 hours to avoid a 40-hour work week or a 40-hour-a-week job. And that's what it is. Uh, had I just kept that job and done this on the side until retirement, we'd be in good shape. But you know what? You live and you learn and you make mistakes and you got to be okay with that. And you can't obsess 
which also is what the book talks about. I might read this Stillness is a Key again by Ryan Holiday. I think he's got another one about uh, resistance. Um, but an unreal read, and uh, it was good. Yeah, that structure is huge. Little kids have it. You need something to click to, whether it's like making your bed, whether it's morning coffee out on the deck, whether it's a walk up the hill, whether it's 50 to 100 push-ups, which I could do back in the day before I needed friggin' two shoulder surgeries, which is what I need now, which is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, you you need that <clears throat> the structure. My buddy's daughter eats fig bars every morning. It's so cute. She's like four. There's raspberry, blueberry, and fig flavored. And every morning, without fail, she has one. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the, the building, the routine is huge. The routine is huge. I lived in Japan for two years. And I was an exchange student. And there wasn't a lot of structure. I had class like two or three days a week. It wasn't that intense. I think they were still experimenting with the program and didn't know how to handle you know, Americans that spoke no Japanese. There were like five of us in it. So it wasn't intense. And man, I remember one semester I was sleeping into like 1230 and it wasn't even from drinking. It was just, you know, from, uh, kind of sloth, but you know, I'd read, I'd stay up late and read or watch Japanese TV to learn the language. So I guess it wasn't complete sloth, but, uh, yeah, you need that structure. You know, otherwise it's chaos. It's too much. This world is so much. And if you don't have that, uh, that routine, you're screwed. Um, and you read about all the greats who have the routines, you know, the FDRs, the Kennedys, the, the Winston Churchills, the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's, you know, all these people that have them uh, throughout life, throughout history, all the great thinkers, philosophers, you know, Martin Luther King, all those people that we haven't followed their message at all because we just keep electing corporatists in the white house of the freest, richest country in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So it's good to get structure back a little bit. I exercise more, did the bike yesterday out to the beach, Santa Monica. They've got the whole, do they need the trail roped off? I mean, can't people walk and ride it? We're not stopping and talking. So they've got that roped off, which is not roped off, but like walled off Waldorf bummer. But yeah, I'm taking my bike all the way to the beach from Beverly Glen and back. And then I took the hill. I hiked up the hill and back <clears throat> and I passed out last night, man. I could tell you some stories. Um, so yeah, need the structure, the workout. I got to improve the diet. I can feel my stomach. It's just gross. I'm like, I'm working out, but I've still got the stomach. Yeah. Cause your diet idiot. So I've got to work on that. Um, yeah, can't let the just letting the day hit me like a goddamn hippie. So trying to attack the day a little bit more. I was in Japan two years, man. I probably learned as little Japanese as anyone that ever spent two years there. You know, it was friends. It was socializing. You know, it was good times. It wasn't all drinking, but it was like a lot of just idleness. You know, I could have filled that those days with uh, an instrument or two. Um, but I've read a ton, so I can't say that. And I learned Japanese for crying out loud. And I traveled. I took the money that I made from tutoring English and I would spend it on alcohol or traveling to other countries to not learn their language. <laughs> you know, I went to, uh, or to go Singapore and Thailand and Korea a couple of times and, uh, a bunch of other places. And I traveled Japan as well. Cause it's kind of isolated. It's not, <clears throat> it's not like Europe or Southeast Asia 
where you can, uh, you can't, uh, you know, just country hop. Once you're over there, it's, it's Japan only or Japan, Korea, China, like, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, you can kind of do all that stuff together, Indonesia, Malaysia, um, hop over to the Philippines. But if you're in East Asia, yeah, you're kind of isolated out there, but I got to see a lot of Japan. It was fantastic. And the tutoring, <clears throat> tutoring English was good. I was there two years, but I was making like 30, 35, sometimes 50 an hour, helping other students, helping. I remember I used to kind of tutor. I don't say teach because I wasn't teaching. They already have – in Japan and Korea, they have knowledge of the English vocabulary um, from junior high. They start learning. Nowadays, it's probably before if you got those ambitious parents, those tiger mommies. But uh, so you come and you try to teach conversation. And you try to just give them access to a native speaker, which is fun, which I might do again, man. I might do that and then do this podcast that everyone's listening to from there and hopefully build up the following for mascots, you know, or I go team to team in Japan, Korea, Taiwan is another place, um, China, India, you know, you build up that following, get that social media going and you come back, uh, to the states and then you with a whole huge social media following all of a sudden people are taking your calls what am i talking about um but yeah traveling to other countries is amazing more important than the language is the culture and seeing your own from the outside that's where i learned more about america than anywhere you know in montana one extreme japan the other and that was my college and you got to lock it down man and there are people overly routined, you know, so it's all about balance, right? Um, <clears throat> all over the place. That's what this podcast is all about. Thank God it's only 30 minutes. People would blow their brains out. But uh, going to Japan, because I was like, I was there a year and then two years. And I'm like, I really need about four years here to perfect the language. So I should either stay here and graduate from this school or kind of, um, you know, not take it too seriously, not kill myself trying to learn this language that I may or may not use in any capacity afterwards, unless I live here, which you're not going to do, I don't think. Um, but some do. Some foreigners go there and just live and really get into it, you know, and live the whole life, which is fine. But, uh, you know, it brings them structure back to that. Um, but I was, uh, I don't know, kind of loosely doing, I was 20, 21 and 22. Those were the two years out, two and a half years I was there. But, uh, you know, we have a friend from the neighborhood when I was growing up in Dove Canyon, California, down there in South Orange County. Um, she was a family friend. The Garfields lived in Dove Canyon with us. It was like where we moved halfway through my senior year where you're in a weird guard gate community, which I can't believe my family was ever in a guard gate. We are not that type. But the Garfields and Carrie, who was in my sister's class, who was a friend I don't know if they'd lived abroad. They'd traveled around there from Chicago. She went to University of Illinois and was in my sister's class. But she told me before, she said, why are you going to Japan? You're not going to learn Japanese. She's like, smart ass. But she's like, you're going to hang out with Japanese people who speak English and other foreigners. And I was like, who's this little chick thing she is? And uh, she was right. Totally right. Oh, my God. Um, but you got to go. You got to go to these different places, try these different things, and do all this stuff. Okay, we're about halfway in here. Um, COVID deaths passed. Uh, we passed Italy last week for top spot a week ago, and we've just flown into the numbers. We're over forty thousand now. 
Vietnam casualties were about 58,000, and we're most likely going to fly by that um, very soon, unfortunately. By the end, I'm sorry, but it's going to be by the end of April here. Uh, France and England, Fr- France and England are booming. They are flying. They're going to pass uh, Spain and Italy. Spain and Italy seem to be slowing down a little bit. Uh, dates of return to normal are pushed continually. The dates don't scare me. The rates scare me. What am I doing? Rhymes? Dates don't scare me. Rates scare me. And I'm doing a black voice for some reason because um, there's more rhythm. Yeah, white people, we don't have enough, as much rhythm, okay? Attack me. I'm going to read the emails after this. Three weeks ago, we had less than 1,000 deaths. Three and a half weeks ago. Isn't that crazy? Now we're close to 40,000. So that's what I, I look at is the rate of death. People are like, oh, the flattening of the curve. This thing has to run its course, flatten the curve, decrease the curve, have substantially less cases, then maybe we can go outside. Maybe. Several steps. So, like, this whole thing... These little deadlines or these like uh, these set dates that we're making of when everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, it's up to us a little, but it's up to the virus too. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know how we're going to have a football season because I see this going a year. I see this going through the year. Comedy clubs won't be back for at least a year and a half, if that. Maybe at the middle or end of 2021. And uh, by the way, my family, we're all supposed to go see the Toledo-Notre Dame football game in uh, September of 2021. Don't know if that's going to happen. You know, it's a year and a half away. Who knows how much is going to get thwarted? Who's going to go to crowded places with a bunch of people? I was talking with Tim Harmston this week, and we were talking about how people aren't going to want to go to a comedy club and sit in a room with 300 people. Well, definitely not my show. And be locked in there, eating off plates and silverware and drinking out of glasses that hundreds of other people have used. So much isn't going to return to norms. Norms might return to norms. The breakfast place, it's cheap, it's inexpensive. People love breakfast in America especially. So it'll last, but I don't know what else is lasting. The normsies uh, of the world. Michigan, Jacksonville, Huntington Beach, people protesting the lockdown. People saying, you can't control me. That's good, Michigan. Do that. You're the third largest state in cases. So definitely keep going outside and risking that. A lot of that's probably Detroit, though, and these people are probably more bumpkins. But uh, it's my home state, pretty much, even though I was born in Toledo. Jacksonville, there's another smart region. Um, But you look at the beaches, they're not crowded, and people can't dwell on the beaches. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about protesting, but I will take the walk. I'll take the hike. I'll take the bike and ride it with the mask, and I'll fly right by people and not ever get within six feet. Huntington Beach, where I grew up a little bit south of there, Orange County. Well, that is Orange County, but I grew up south of Huntington Beach. Those smarties, that new neo-Nazi regime community – protesting so smart because covid19 is all about attacking your rights you fucking idiots sorry you don't like to swear you fucking dummies um but like just write it out guys like can we all get on the same page for just a little while here until this this rides out or do you need to protest nothing white people love to think they're black rosa parks you know what i'm saying 
Like, yeah, we're standing up for our rights. No, you're not. You're cowards. You've never done anything. Your grandparents and your great-grandparents might have worked hard to get you this good spot of real estate in the world. You don't do shit. I grew up with you, you slobs. Money and ignorance, the scariest combination out there. Um, but I do love the beaches. They have better beaches, Orange County does. No more oranges, though. Eventually, we'll learn how to put cement on the the ocean on the beaches, though. We'll figure that out. Right, white people? Right. Ruin some more shit and claim victim. Um, it's crazy. So what are some things not being talked about anymore because of this? Because now it just dominates the news. Kobe, Kobe Bryant's death, you know, just before the Super Bowl there in late January. He's gone. It's so crazy to me because his, his, I think his post career, his new career of just being a civilian and an entrepreneur was going to be amazing. And he was doing great things. A person, and I found him very pleasant in his interviews. And if you want, there's a great interview that uh, Chuck Klosterman did with Kobe about five to seven years ago somewhere. I don't know if it's for Rolling Stone or if it's just for uh, Klosterman's book, but it's amazing. Uh, the impeachment is done, which is fine. I never gave a shit about that. Uh, the election, which is happening in November, I think, if we're still here, if somebody's still here. The Olympics, gone. Sports in general, gone. Um, Tom Brady's in Tampa. You know, the Toronto Raptors are defending their title nicely. No one's going to knock them off. No one's going to knock off the Washington Gen uh, Generals. No, the Washington Nationals. Jesus. The Nationals won the World Series last year in seven games. All games won on the road. Crazy. No one's ever seen anything like it. Um, I tell you, I think this is going a half hour because I am boring the hell out of myself, especially. Normally, I'm doing this afternoon, evening. I'm doing this in the morning, and it is rusty. My throat. You heard me. You heard me clearing my throat. Disgusting. Disgusting for you people to listen to this. Dating websites still going? I would imagine they are. People can't meet, can they? I mean, are some people doing it? I bet they are. Of course. Who's going to stop people from effing? Um, but uh, dating websites still going. People can't meet. Do, uh, do people go and meet up? I bet they do. But some people don't give enough. Right? But um, the apps are step, definitely still going because because they're video games anyway, right? So people are like uh, just looking to see what else is out there because any any if anything they're they're up the app use is up and the meetings are less, but the apps are just uh, you know whether it's uh, what is it Grinder Bumble Tinder and there's another one. Hinge I think is another one Hinge when it's friends of friends. So uh, those might help in these times because it gives people hope, I don't know, for new beginnings, new relationships. Uh, I just don't trust. I don't like my picture out there on a dating profile, on a dating website. I don't, you know, I feel like people are all gathered around making fun of it. And it's like, wh why would they do, why would they make fun of it? You're just like looking for a partner. But I, I don't know. I'm still dealing with my uh, breakup from four or five months ago now. And that'll be a long time coming. Anyway, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, so the environment is stoked, right? Lions sleeping on the highway in Africa. I love it. I love it. Unless they're just dead. I don't know. But fuck people, man. We're a virus to the planet. Multiply? No, subtract, divide, diminish, go away. 
We don't help the planet. We're a virus, so we got to like take care of this planet. Unless it's Armageddon movie with Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. It's the one time we helped. Billy Bob, Liv Tyler. That's the one time people help the planet. right? But other than that, we're a virus that just soaks and sucks all the resources out and then expect more and then go, okay, this planet's running out. Okay, we'll turn to God and Sky Papa, as Mike O'Connell calls God Sky Papa. Um, so funny. All right. Uh, what else? So let's have a good week. We're almost, we have five minutes left here. Um, let's have a good week and I'll be back uh, Sunday. By the time you're listening to this, by the time these are posted, we won't be through this at all, but, uh, it'll probably be a few weeks from now anyway, but it's good to go back a few weeks and see what was going on. Um, your president's a silly goose. The two, my two favorites this past weekend were when he said, if I weren't elected, We'd be at war with North Korea right now. I mean, that is so belligerent and blatantly idiotic to say that. We, we've been able to avoid uh, war with them, you know, since 1953. Yeah, so almost 70 years. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Don't flatter yourself, Orange. And uh, the other one was, oh, Obama didn't leave me any bullets. He didn't leave me any guns and bullets. Like we don't have the strong enough military. Uh, our military power is stronger than what the next 10 combined. Come on. This is a joke. Um, and that's just, a, it's just so careless and stupid, but what do you expect? People need to call him out on this stuff. Like when he exaggerates, go, could you get specific? No, get specific. No, no, you, you, you're making bold claims. Let's hear the backup. Like just keep hammering at him, getting him frustrated. Call him orange. Call him a baby. Call him fat. If he's going to say these terrible things to other people, you know, don't play the high ground. Like with a bully, you're going to play the high road with a bully. Sometimes you need to hit him in the fucking face, man. Um, but it is funny about the Dems and Republicans. It's just a funny, like a stupid, silly battle. I mean, what the difference is, is there any? As a kid, I remember seeing that the World War II ended in 1945, and Truman was the VP, which he shouldn't have been, um, but whatever. Um, eh, because his uh, his running mate... FDR's running mate in the other three elections were fantastic. And then, you know, the DNC knew he was going to run, but the guy that was, um, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking. Is it Walt? Not Wallace. I'm blanking on, uh, his name now, but he was a great dude that, uh, the Dems blocked. Let me look it up here. 1940, 1940 VP. Is it? No, that's not him at all. Henry Wallace. Yes, it was Wallace. Henry Wallace. Um, he was great, but he was too extreme for the DNC. He wanted real change, real improvement to society, foreign and domestic. So like, wow, we need to get somebody who, you know, who listens to us, who uh, can be a little more of a puppet stooge. So they put in Harry S. Truman. And, uh, and that's what, you know, the Dems have done now with Biden. Anyway, so it's funny about the Democrats and the Republicans. As a kid, seeing that the 48 election was close, after Truman was president in 45, like he got us through the end of that war. And then three years later, there's an election that he's close. That blew my mind. Three years after the war, and he almost lost to Dewey. 
And I was like, this country's so crazy. Like in any other country, a guy leads you into victory, and then you look at England and you see that uh, they got rid of um, Churchill pretty quick after the war. And then he came back um, again later. They kept having to go back to him. But they're like, now he's wartime. So it's just funny that these powers that be, that that's the real battle, not survival, not helping the people. It's like which group gets money and gets to control. It's a joke. Something to think about. Wow, my sluggish, and wow, poor you for listening to this. Um, this is the I have written here. This is the only time I'll ever discuss what people are are all discussing. Oh yeah, yeah, with this podcast because normally I go off on my own little tangent, my own little world, which I'm definitely doing. Um, but these days, weirdly enough, we're all alone, but we're all in this together. We're all in each other's world. So this is the time that I'll be doing this podcast where I'm talking about actual events that are affecting most of the people. Because otherwise, I'm talking sports references, entertainment references, science rec- references, books, and just some weird stuff that's way out there. Um, so it's kind of fun because we're all dialed in. That's the good part of this, not all the death. Okay, wrapping it up. Um, this is a 30-minute – maybe I should just call it the 30-minute podcast. Anyway, sorry, a little sluggish. Been doing some of the Zoom comedy shows. I think I've done three of them now, and I think I have another one slated this week. Uh, fun, weird, fine. The problem is you have to stick around for the whole thing because it's really glaring if you drop out. Because if you do uh, – you know, if you go to a comedy show, nobody knows when you leave because everyone's worried about their stuff, and they can walk around, and they can sit in the back, and they can – you know, focus on the show. But uh, with this Zoom stuff, um, every all the other performers know when you drop out and leave and bail. So you kind of have to stick around for the hour and a half, which is fine too. It's a bonding thing. Um, but we're sitting at our computers doing stand-up or standing. Like I did one for flappers and I was standing 10 feet away staring at the uh, camera. Doing it from there, man. Good job falling asleep on a Monday morning. Way to get listeners. Um I have an idea I want to take off with, um, and then we're going to go through some people that passed. We'll take your calls. We're going to take calls and questions, and uh, it'll be great. Uh, Got a wiffle ball idea. Talk to Aaron at All Things Comedy. We're going to try to make that happen once this is back to normal, this life, where comedians go as a wiffle ball team and go to your community and play uh, whoever you want, kids. I'd like to go to poor neighborhoods and play kids and you know, make it a full thing. Have food delivered. People have food, soda, alcohol. Make it like a picnic, kind of. Um, and you go and you film it. You edit it. You put it up on social media. You do live feeds. And, uh, God, it would have been something so fun if Brody were around to have him go and pitch and coach and just, you know, kind of highlight his skills. But uh, we're going to go community to community and uh, play people. Play like the Globetrotters, but it doesn't matter if we win or lose. We just go and we play and we play hard <sighs> and play wiffle ball. Anybody can play wiffle ball. So it's boys, girls, all ages, all skill levels. And you just play. And we'll set up like fences too so people can hit home runs. And we'll set up bases and do the whole thing. And we'll bring the equipment. And it'll be like a bus. And it'll be comedians. And we'll get some cool uniforms and wear whatever you want. You know, we'll have mustaches. The girls will have mustaches. I don't know what we'll call it yet. Still in its infancy, but think about that. Email me, whatever. <clears throat> okay. Um, tweet of the week uh, was Matt Matt Fultron, Full Charge. Look him up. He's on social media. He's on Twitter. All that stuff. Instagram. The Full Charge. 
His tweet was, uh, graduated magna cum laude from University of Maryland. I have a half-hour comedy special. So, yeah, I'm pretty good with a mop. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's Matt Fultron. Check him out. Um, and then my favorite of mine, I don't know. I think I should stop doing my favorite of my week, was uh, I tweeted, uh, some successful comedians are actually funny. Isn't that nice? Like a nice negative thing to say. Hope my stuff's not too negative, but that's so true. It's like all the, you see some of these people and you're like, this is not only a, a working comedian, but like a huge comedian. They're awful and they're huge. Um, so anyway, you know, some of them have specials on the old Netflix, but you know, a lot of them are hosting more of them host shows that like, whether it's game shows or silly variety uh, shows anyway, whatever. Uh, okay, going to read some emails here. Nothing? Oh, weird. Okay, and then look for... I'm going to go over my tour schedule here. Nothing there as well. And uh, that's it. That's it. Let's look at some uh, people that we lost this week. Um, John Prine, Jim Frey, the old Cubs manager. Hank Steinbrenner, partial owner of the, of the uh, Yankees. Too, too young, a lot of these guys. Gene Shea was a Philly DJ. Willie Davis of the Packers. He was on those great Packer teams, Vince Lombardi, in the uh, 50s and 60s. Damasco Garcia of the Blue Jays. Brian Dennehy, the famous actor. We lost him. God, from Foul Play and Rambo. And he was uh, Willie Loman on stage. And uh, God, so many others. He was in Tommy Boy. He was Tommy Boy's father. And he played Bobby Knight. And he was in so many other things. Rambo, man. He was so great. Played the uh, sheriff of a small town in eastern Washington, I think, just off the Columbia River, Twin Peaks area. Um, and he was in a ton of other stuff. I remember he did a sitcom with uh, some people, I think, in the mid-'80s when everybody was doing a sitcom. Um, yeah, for ice cream, cookies, cookies and cream, milk and cream. Milk and cookies was the haagen ice cream of the week. And then uh, Netflix and Chilled was also a good one that we did. And then uh, I also bought some of those chocolate, those really big chocolate chip cookies that you have to heat up from Costco. They come four in a pack that are just amazing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's it. Shipwrecks above Lake Michigan, Capone bodies, all that stuff. You could see all that because the air and the water is so clean. You could stare into the water and see shipwrecks. Speaking of shipwrecks, I've been Patrick Keen. This is the Keen on Things podcast, uh, episode five. And uh, yeah. Keep tuning in. It'll get better. It'll get better. Sorry, it was rusty this week. There's a lot going on, and this is in the morning. I always want to do this on a Sunday night or a uh, or a uh, Monday morning. Um, this is my first shot at it for the morning, but um, and then and then you drop it. You know, you drop it Monday morning at the latest. I like that for people to have for their week because people need that gradual thing about jo- jumping into the week, right? I say I I prefer working Saturday and not working Monday. That way, Saturday, a lot of people are off. In your head, you're like, oh, it's weekend, but I'm still at work. But it's the weekend, so you're kind of like taking it easier. And then Monday, you're bummed, but you're not at work. So it softens both. It regulates both. The Friday-Saturday feeling and the Sunday-Monday feeling. So that's something to think about. Maybe something to think about should be the title of this podcast. Also, I'm thinking about going back to keen on shit because I don't care anymore. Oh, God. Okay. Um, hang in there. By the time you hear this, maybe you've hung in there. I don't know. Uh, and just day to day it. That's what I'm doing. I'm not even like, you know, worried about plans. 
I don't know how long that can go. But we do need to be there for each other. Like sometimes someone's losing it and everyone else is fine. Help that person. Or sometimes everyone's losing it and you're, you're the one that's fine, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz when everybody's fainting in the sea of poppies. And she's like the only one. There is a Glinda, man. There is a good witch of the north out there. So, uh, yeah, just hang in there. Per- persevere. Who knows? There's nothing we can do about so much of this stuff. All right, that's the difference. Know what you can control and what you can't. Why is everybody giving advice in this pandemic? Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, everybody knows something. I don't know. Hope this is funny, insightful, interesting, or at least kills uh, your time a little better. Thanks, guys. Love you. Keen on Things podcast. Keen of comedy is somewhere. Um, you know, on Twitter and Instagram, Patrick Keen mascots on YouTube. And uh, hit me up. Email me, Patrick Keen at hotmail.com. K E A N E. And thanks for listening to my horse shit. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. Love you.